Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Three Wide. I'm your host, Radney Crawford. This week, we're going to be going over all the action from all three series across two different states as we have the Truck Series at Texas Motor Speedway and the Cup Xfinity Series competing at Richmond, where we saw a much more improved short track package with this Cup Series car. We're going to go over all the action from that race, including Kyle Larson getting his first win of the season, the, the controversy between drivers J.J. Yelly and Denny Hamlin, as well as Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell. Also, we'll go over our new first-time winners this week, Carson Husevar for the trucks and Chandler Smith. We'll break down those race actions, look ahead to this upcoming race weekend at Bristol, and discuss TV ratings. And all will be discussed on this episode of 3 Wide. Now, Sunday, we were treated to Kyle Larson getting his first win on the season in what was a solid day overall, 400 motorsports, and a, a very interesting and exciting Richmond race, probably one of the, the better ones we've been treated to in quite some time at the track. And this was the first real test for this new short track package that NASCAR has implemented. We saw it earlier in the season at Phoenix. I feel like Richmond was going to be the first true test for it, and I have to say that this was a step in the right direction. It was a much better race than what we've seen in recent memory at Richmond and especially last year at short tracks period. You saw a lot more passing this year, over 3,800 passes under green flag conditions compared to just over 3,000 last spring's Richmond race. And we had more cautions this year than last season. So that is definitely a good sign for this package. I also think a big component to that was the tire fall off. We saw, you know, how important fresh tires were, for this race Sunday. We don't see a lot of that as often anymore, but it definitely made a big difference. And I think that helped this package even more. Now with the success of this package, it definitely has people looking a lot more, looking a lot more forward to the upcoming short track races like Martinsville, as well as the all-star race at North Wilkesboro, where during the test sessions, drivers were already talking about how big of a fall off they were experiencing with the tires. So NASCAR's got to feel pretty good. This is a step in the right direction, a step forward, not a step back. Obviously, still work to be done. Uh, it's nowhere near perfected, and it's always going to be a constant work. But credit to NASCAR for, for taking the steps necessary, and I think it paid off big time for them Sunday. You were seeing guys running all sorts of different lanes, all these different lead changes. It, it added you know, a lot more excitement to Richmond than we've seen in recent memory. Now, with Kyle Larson's first win on the season, he's now locked into the playoffs, but there were four other drivers that really stole the headlines from this race, and that was Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, and surprisingly, J.J. Ailey. Now, Denny and J.J., they got tied up early in the race. Denny was in the back of the pack trying to work his way up through the field, and coming out of turn four, he was underneath Chandler Smith, and J.J. got a run on the inside of Denny, sent him three wide, and... Denny kind of got squeezed there. And as you can see, when they go into turn one, NASCAR on Fox, they had, you know, the in-car camera on Denny. And you got to see the perfect shot uh, of what looked like Denny running through the back of JJ going into turn one. Now, Denny in his podcast this past week, he mentioned the incident, said obviously he did not mean to get into uh, JJ, but he, he, kind of misjudged it. He said J.J. let off the gas about 100 feet earlier than he had been, and Denny just simply got in the back of him. From the view, from my viewpoint and from the way I read social media and, and several comments, 
it's the general majority feeling that this was an intentional spin by Denny on JJ. Denny's not going to go on his podcast and say that it was intentional, obviously, after the deal with the Ross Chastain comments after Phoenix, where Denny got the points penalty and the fine. So it's no shock there that Denny came on and said it wasn't intentional, but it just looks to me like Denny did not care for how he was raced and sent JJ on into turn one and sent him around. And it's unfortunate that you see these, you know, when these small teams get crossed up with the bigger teams, that if they're stuck in the back, like Denny was Sunday at the first start of the race, you know, for these small teams like Rick Ware racing points are just as important to them as it is the playoff contenders, the guys running up at the front, because each point they can get that is going to help them in the owner points that is going to help them, you know, possibly have a bigger purse at the end of the season. So every point matters for these guys. They are going to scrap and fight for each position they can. And it gets a lot more dicey back there. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see Rick Ware get a torn up race car over this deal. JJ, he was not happy post or in the garage, excuse me, with, with some comments to the media where he basically said for a guy that has been talking so much and preaching about, you know, respectful driving and drivers being so disrespectful on the track for him to go out there and do that. It's, you know, not a good look on Denny and, you know, with this incident and as much as Denny has been on it with respectful driving, it makes Denny's words seem hollow. Now Denny is a great mind on the business side of sport. I believe he is a great driver. He is a hall of fame driver, future hall of fame driver. But when it comes to driver etiquette, he is definitely not the, the first one, that I think should, should be putting out his input, kind of like Ross Chastain. I wouldn't look to him for driver etiquette. But the difference is I think Ross, Ross owns up to what he does and lives with the consequences. Denny, you know, he's he's been around the sport long enough to know. He knows the limits to push. He knows, you know, how – what, what it means to get in the back of somebody going into the corner. The most notable incident was the Chase Elliott incident at Martinsville years ago. So I, I think Denny just simply did not care for that move and decided to knock JJ out of the way, whether he meant to spin him or not. I mean, yeah, you can make that argument, but when you run into the back of somebody like that, like Denny did, there's only going to be one outcome in, in that scenario. So a, a unfortunate incident, for you know, in a small team now has a torn up race car that they have to work on, but it, it'll be interesting going forward. Obviously, we know JJ Ailey, Rick Rare Racing, whoever's in that car, they're not going to be up there dicing it up for the lead with Denny. But could this come back to Denny down the road? Say Denny's leading and needing to get by a lap car, and, he, and he's trying to work his way through lap traffic as quick as he can. Does Rick Rare Racing drivers now make it a little bit more difficult for Denny going forward? It's a possibility it'll be something to keep an eye on in future weeks but denny's got this appeal hearing coming up from the penalty with ross chastain denny's not wanting to do or say anything that would hurt that appeal process especially with his comments and that's what got him in trouble in the first place but it'll be interesting to see if that has any blowback on his appeal hearing now the the second incident which was i think the biggest one was denny or ross chastain excuse me and christopher bell where it's a late restart. You have Christopher Bell on the inside row, on the second row, Ross Chastain behind him, behind Ross, Michael McDowell. All these drivers lined up on the inside. And going into turn one after taking the restart, as soon as they crossed the start-finish line, you saw McDowell make a move to the inside of Ross. 
Ross makes the same move almost at the exact same time and keeps McDowell from going around him. Then you see Christopher Bell look like he was going for a block and kind of backs off, thinks better of it. But unfortunately, going into the turn, he wasn't able to get the good angle. He had to, he wasn't going in in the line that he was intending or needed to. And it's, he went up the track and spun out William Byron and sent Byron to the wall. And immediately post-race, Christopher Bell was making comments to media members Noah Lewis, Bob Pockris, and several others, calling Ross Chastain's move a bonsai move, uh, calling Ross the wrecking ball. You know, that basically is just another incident with Ross where he over-aggressiveness and, and takes out other drivers. But obviously, you can see in the replay, there was a lot of room between Ross and Bell before Bell even made contact with Byron. So that was pointed out quickly from fans and even Ross Chastain, Noah Lewis and Bob and several others went over to Ross to gather his thoughts. And Noah makes the the comment to Ross, hey, here's what Christopher Bell said. And and Ross just kind of rolls his eyes and makes the comment, you know, it's funny that these guys say all these things about me, you know, to you, to the media, to cameras. But when Ross is around, they are silent. They don't say anything. And Ross mentions that he never touched the 20. He never touched anyone. It, it was just one of those racing deals. It was coming to the end of the race and he saw a move he could make. He went for it and there, there was nothing dirty there on Ross's end. Uh, it, it's just simply a driver going for a spot and Bell went to block it and misjudged and took out another driver. But what we're seeing now is drivers kind of use Ross either as a scapegoat or if they think since he is so close to them when the incident occurs, well, there's Ross that it, he had to have made contact with me or he had to have some part in it. And Ross seems to be kind of, you know, over it, over this, you know, the, this reaction from drivers, if they're not going to come up and say anything to him, you know, he's just going to shrug his shoulders and move on. We see the rivalry with Ross and Denny, but Denny has been willing to meet with Ross, to talk with Ross. They've talked things out. And and while they may be rivals, I believe there is a respect thing there. I think if these drivers continue to talk about Ross behind his back, he's going, you know, pretty much be like, get over it. This is how I'm going to drive. And if you don't like it and you don't want to come say anything to me about it, I'm just going to keep pushing it through. So how this does going forward now, Christopher Bell did apologize post race on social media after he had seen a replay. He apologized to William Byron for getting on to him, but funny enough, he didn't apologize to, to Ross Chastain. Now he may do it through a phone call, text, or when they see each other in the garage this weekend at Bristol. Who knows? But it is interesting to see Ross kind of filling in this role. I, I don't want to use the intimidator line you know that was used so much on social media but ross is building that presence that when he gets around it does make drivers nervous it does seem to be make make them make you know irrational moves that they normally wouldn't it it, it's it's a seed in the back of their mind that hey what is he going to do and they don't focus on the task in front of them so that's going to be fun to watch from ross throughout the rest of this season and honestly the rest of ross's career i don't see ross changing anytime soon or at any point in his career, I think this is who he is and, and he's just going to embrace it and, and ride with it. He's not necessarily the guy with the black hat, kind of the, the anti-hero. A lot of fans rally around Ross, support Ross. And you saw that a lot this, this past race on, after the race on Sunday, when Christopher, Christopher Bell made the comments he did about Ross post race.
Now, before we. Now, you did have some drivers have some very impressive runs throughout this. At the end of this race, you had Josh Berry getting a second place finish. Best finish of his, you know, short cup career so far in a substitute role. And he was the big talking point coming out of the race was, you know, does when will he get a true cup opportunity? If he does, where will it come from? Where will he go? It, will it come with junior motorsports? If they come up to cup, will he make the move to another team? Who knows? Now he could be a real key part and, and kind of a dark horse guy to watch as we start rolling into silly season. But Josh Berry again, continues to impress, continues to improve. And that is going to be key to him getting in a top ride in the NASCAR Cup Series. Also, Michael McDowell, he came away with a sixth-place finish, uh, first top 10 of the year, I believe, for him. So a good run for, for for Michael as we get ready to go into Bristol Dirt. Also, you had Ty Gibbs, who got a ninth-place finish, his third ninth-place finish in a row. He seems to be slowly figuring it out, getting a little bit more consistent. And if he can get keep this consistency up, uh, it should, you know, only be a matter of time for he's up there, you know, competing for top fives and possibly getting his name mentioned as a possible winner before the playoffs start. And Stuart Haas Racing, they also had a very solid day. You had Kevin Harvick in fifth, Chase Briscoe in 12th, Eric Amarola 13th, and Ryan Priest 18th. And this was a good solid day that Stuart Haas needed as a whole. Maybe not so much Kevin Harvick, who has been knocking out these top fives and top tens throughout the season. But for Briscoe, as we get ready to go into Bristol Dirt, where he was very strong last year before the, the big incident with Tyler Reddick coming to the checkered flag, uh, Ryan Priest, who I think is going to be a, a dark horse guy to watch at Bristol Dirt as well. Th this was the kind of run they needed, just something kind of like Reddick earlier in the season, something to put their foot down, get some solid ground, and take a step forward. So we'll see how they, if they're able to build up on this coming up at Bristol Dirt. And, you know, who knows, maybe Briscoe can find his way into victory lane again. He's won at a dirt track before in NASCAR in the truck series at Eldora. So there's, you know, definitely a good reason to keep an eye on Briscoe as they get ready to go to Bristol Sunday. So before we get started on this week's episode of Three Wide, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. Now, Hunt to Harvest is back with us for our second season here at Three Wide. And right now, if you head over to HuntToHarvest.com, you can check out their new spring 2023 selection where they have plenty of design choices for turkey hunting as well as different types of fishing. Also, they still have that mystery box special going on where you can get three shirts chosen at random sent to you for just $33. And with the high quality shirts you're getting at $11 a piece, you can't find that kind of deal anywhere else. So head on over to hunttoharvest.com where you can update or upgrade your hunting apparel. And when you go to check out, be sure to enter that promo code RADNEY18923. That's R-A-D-N-E-Y-18923 to get even more savings at checkout at hunttoharvest.com. Now, Saturday, we had another doubleheader race weekend, but from two separate tracks. You had the Xfinity Series coming from Richmond International Raceway, while the Truck Series was down in Fort Worth at Texas Motor Speedway putting on their race. But the Xfinity Series, they started off the day, as I said, from Richmond. Chandler Smith finally gets that first career win. He led the most laps in the race, was able to hold off some, some good cars like John Hunter Nemechek, Josh Berry, and, and even Cass Grawl had a very solid day. And this, this was kind of a precursor for the cup race we saw. It's been a while since we've had solid product on the track from both Xfinity and Cup Series drivers. But, you know, looking down the running order, a lot of guys that, that needed good solid runs, they had them. You had, as I said, 
Chandler Smith getting his first career win after coming so close. Probably should have two or three wins by now. He had good runs at, at Las Vegas, at Phoenix, and also Kaz Grala and his start for, for Sam Hunt Racing. He finishes in fourth place. You had Ryan Seed come away with a seventh place finish. Derek Krause. And this was the, the performance that impressed me the most. Derek Krause making his first start for college racing, his Xfinity debut, and he finishes it up with a top 10 finish, was quiet most of the day, was clean, and, and got the finish that he needed and the experience he needed. And it'll be interesting to see if could this possibly turn into some more starts for Derek in the Xfinity series. Hopefully for college racing, I feel like uh, them and Derek would be a good fit. They, they seem to really – be be good at driver rehab. I mean, you look at what they did for the career of AJ Allmendinger, who's back in the Cup Series with them. You look at you know Ross Chastain, who really hadn't had much of a shot in NASCAR period before Chip Ganassi came along, and that you know which that whole deal blew up in its face with the sponsorship problems. But he was able to land with College Racing and, and become the Star Cup driver we see today. Also, guys, you know like Justin Haley, who a lot of his career is pretty much owed to, to call it, Matthew Collig and and his team. So I think this would be a good landing spot. Hopefully he can get the, the funding he needs, and this may can turn into a full-time ride for 2024. Also, you had Alex LeBay, who was driving the 91 car. He finishes in 11th. Jeb Burton, 12th, a much-needed solid finish for him and his teammate, Parker Retzloff, who finished 16th. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt, he gets a top 20 in 18th. So uh, a good day overall for a lot of guys that really needed it. Um, you know, Sammy Smith, surprisingly, 19th after leading a good chunk of the race and having some some good speed, but just was not able to close it out. Riley Hurts was the guy I thought was going to be the guy to, to come away with his first career win. And I mentioned last year, last week, excuse me, going into this weekend, he would be the one to watch and, and break possibly break through and get that first career win. He had some trouble on the track with, with a wreck, wound up finishing in 23rd. But Riley showed a lot of speed. Uh, he, you know, if, if he hadn't had that deal with Brandon Jones, I think he would have been somebody to contend with um, for, for that race win. The, one of the funnier things I saw from over the weekend was the return of Josh Williams after his suspension, after the deal at Atlanta Motor Speedway, where he, you know, stopped his car on the start finish line and walked across the track. Probably one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in person. He had to wait in the the holler at the Xfinity Series holler that weekend for, I believe, about four hours or so and talked about how he just stayed in there and he ate Papa John's pizza. Well, this week he repaid the favor. He had, I don't know how many pieces brought to the Xfinity Series holler, which he delivered himself as well. And what was really the cherry on top was him putting, you know, sealing the box with one of his stickers with his number and, and the, the hand, the heart hand sign that he did in front of the camera at Atlanta motor speedway just goes to show you the humor of this guy, in my opinion, you know, and, and a way to turn, a, you know, what for anybody else probably would have, you know, been a career ender or probably staller and he has just turned it up a notch and, and continues to impress and is getting a lot of eyes on social media he's getting a lot of eyes on the sponsors so josh williams if anything he, he's turning into to quite the salesman for for his sponsors and that'll be good for his career so josh williams for the win af, after his you know pizza delivery on, on friday with the xfinity series garage now moving to the truck race in texas 
this was quite a finish at this track. You had a really good battle going on between St. Nick Sanchez and Zane Smith, you know, it's coming down to the wire overtime restart. And as they're going into turn one, Zane and Nick, they're really kind of bouncing off each other. I don't know if they're side drafting or what, but Nick gets out of shape. And as they're going into turn one, Carson Hostavart was right behind them, hits the back of Sanchez's truck and sends him around, sends him up into the wall along with Zane Smith. And Carson Hostavart gets his first career win. Now, I don't really know how to feel about the incident with Sanchez and Hostavart. On, on one hand, it looks like, you know, Sanchez was, you know, kind of, the, the truck was going all over the place. He didn't have a whole lot of control. Hosevar was coming with a lot of momentum, and I, I don't know if he couldn't. It looked like he couldn't slow himself down, and, and it was just coming with too much of a run. He couldn't let off. But then going back, it, it's like, but could he have possibly let off the gas? Because with the run he had, I think if he had let off the gas just a little bit, maybe tried to stay off Sanchez, he 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 still probably would have got by both guys, at, at least Sanchez. But Josevara, I know as close as he's been, as many times as he has, he saw the the open air there in front of Sanchez and Zane Smith, and that's all he was thinking about was getting in front of those guys. I don't think it was anything reckless or, or, or taking them out. You know, could he have probably done something a little different possibly? But when you got that in front of you, I, I can't really knock you for for going for it all on it. And, you know, Josevara, he's had some controversial moments, especially last year in this sport. Hopefully he can he has overcome all that and, and kind of grown out of that and because he could be a heck of a personality for the sport if successful and able to stick around. This is a good start towards that. Also, Chase Purdy, he comes away with a second place finish with Kyle Bush Motorsports. And again, I think Purdy, all his finishes may not show it, but I think he is is showing a lot of growth with this team and a lot of his talent now that he's with one of the top teams in the garage and he's making the most of it. He hadn't reached victory lane yet, but with the way he's running, the speed that this four truck is showing, I wouldn't be surprised to see him break through and get a win at some point this season. Also, uh, another impressive rookie was Jake Garcia, who finished in fifth after you know starting in ninth. Uh, a good run for him, as well as Haley Deegan, who comes away with a solid sixth place finish, continues to just get, you know, get that solid footing and, and is hopefully rolling towards being a constant threat and a constant person to see in that top 10 and borderline top five week in and week out. Ryan Vargas, he got his first top 10 in eighth place after all the, the chaos there at the end and really took care of his stuff and, and had an impressive running for that small team. He, he, he could be, you know, he had some Xfinity starts with JD Motorsports. I think this is his first time really tasting the, the truck series competition. And if he is able to keep knocking out these solid finishes, cause he was even impressive in, in the 30 truck the week before, uh, or, or Atlanta, forgive me. I, I think he's uh, a guy who could maybe become a solid truck driver. If he can get in the right team, uh, Jack Wood, the other Kyle Busch motorsports driver, he comes away with a ninth place finish, a good run for him. Zane Smith. After that wreck, he finishes in 14th, Nick Sanchez in 16th. Christian Eckes, he had gotten involved in. He finished uh, 15th. And, again, Sanchez just watching him week in and week out and how much speed he's had here to start the year. This guy is a truck star in the making. I hope, you know, maybe he can 
further it, his career from there. I, I think he's going to be a, the next young hot shot to watch, especially if Zane Smith goes on to the Cup Series full-time next year. He, he could be the next, you know, prospect driver to keep an eye on throughout his career, along with guys like Jake Garcia, Chase Purdy, and Haley Deegan, Christian Eckes. There's a lot of good names down there in the Truck Series. And Nick, I think, will, will lead that charge. And, again, he's going to get that first win this year with the way he's running and, and the speed he has. It's going to come together one day for him, and he's going to get that win this year. And, and I got to thinking, sticking with the Truck Series for a minute, I got to thinking, you know, because the truck series, it's always talked about, you know, all the wrecks they have, all these, you know, kind of how a lot of their races can turn into clown shows really quick. And I may have talked about this before on the podcast. I can't remember, but I was thinking back to the field of when, when I was growing up, you know, that in my teenage years, you know, that 2005, 2006, 2007, a, a lot of, you know, there in that time you had were, veteran cup drivers who had kind of ran out of opportunities as far as, you know, competitiveness in the cup series and and even, and weren't really getting any offers that much from the Xfinity series. The truck series seemed to be a path for these guys to go down to and become championship winners, championship contenders. And you had a, a huge veteran presence back in the day. And I think that made a big difference. The truck series wasn't looked at as this, you know, breeding ground for the next top prospect that wouldn't come until much later. But I think that's what this truck series field is missing. I, they're missing the, you know, I think if they could sprinkle in maybe two or three veterans of the sport, whether it be from the cup series or even the Xfinity series, some veteran drivers, I think that could go a long way towards riding the ship uh, of the truck series. Cause right now the only former cup driver that they have running full time that, you know, I, I can see is Matt Benedetto. And even he's still a young driver who's going to be wanting to move up. Matt Crafton is obviously still there. Him and Grant Enfinger, they are the, the mainstays of the truck series, but you know, how, how much longer are they going to be around? It's going to be necessary, I think, for this truck series to get back to where they were to their heyday is a, a few veteran drivers rejoining this this series. And I think you will see a lot better racing, a lot better races in the in the Craftsman Truck Series. Who who that will be, I'm not sure. You know, the the complexion of the sport is completely different from the way it was then. You don't have the the Bobby Hamiltons, the Johnny Bensons, the the Ron Hornaday's, Mike Skinner's, uh, the Jack Sprague's, they're all gone. And most of the time you see when when guys are kicked out of their cup rides, you know, they just kind of go off into the sunset. They don't stick around. So who knows, maybe that'll that'll change. But I think that that's the big deal with the truck series. They just need a little bit more of a veteran presence to, to put on even better racing than what we're seeing right now. All right, so we have this upcoming race weekend at Bristol Dirt, where we'll have the Truck Series and the Cup Series in action here on Bristol or on Easter weekend, excuse me. And it's tough to pick what drivers to watch for the most part because it's just such a small sample size with only two races run on this layout of Bristol. But on the Truck Series side, Ben Rhodes, he he's going to be, I think, the top guy to watch in the two races they've run. He has one win, two top fives, two top tens. Average finish is one point five. 
he, he's going to be one of the top guys to beat. And outside of that, I think you still have to watch for Zane Smith. He has two top tens there. Also, um, Grant Enfinger, he has top, two top tens. He's solid at this track. And with, you know, the, the driver I would have circled is uh, Chase Purdy. With, you know, he, he only has two starts here as well. Average finish is 15.5. He has no top tens, no top fives. But he is coming in with one of the top teams, you know, in, in the truck series and coming off a second place finish. He, he could be a guy to watch, kind of an upset driver to watch. And another guy to watch is going to be Ty Majeski. Those are my two dark horses that I would keep an eye on. But I think they're going to have a heck of a time if Ben Rhodes shows up with just even a fraction of the speed that he has had the first two runnings at Bristol Dirt. He is going to be somebody tough to, to beat and to keep up with. On the Cup Series side, it's a little bit more broad as far as what drivers to watch. Joey Logano is to me by far, by you know far and large the the guy to watch. He has an average finish of second. He has two top fives, two top tens. Uh, he won the first running there back in 2021. Also Tyler Reddick, who nearly won last year, he has two top tens as well in the top five. So and chase briscoe with the speed that they have had and you know over the past couple weeks he's building a little bit momentum and this was one of his better tracks last year while his finishes may not show it i think he is going to be someone to contend with kind of the dark horse if you will on the the cup series side as well as christopher bell who you know dirt racing this kind of right this is his bread and butter he only has one top 10 in the two starts here but I think he's, you know, coming in this season more of a contender for, you know, these race wins than he has in previous seasons past. I think he's finally coming to his own in his cup career, much like William Byron. We've seen this year the growth of, of Byron as a racer. These guys are, are becoming more uh, of consistent players when it comes to running up front and going for wins. You know, I'm not sure who to go for as far as a, a dark horse pick besides maybe a Chase Briscoe. You know, looking through the stats right now, it's just not – it's tough to, to pick a guy. Daniel Suarez, I, I don't know how I could let him slip my mind because he, he's one of the ones – he's been solid at Bristol Dirt from the get-go. In track house racing's first year, he got up there, led laps, finished in the top ten and top five, and that was the first glimpses of, of what track house was going to be was at this race. And I think this is what really, you know, cemented Daniel Suarez as a member of this team. So he, he's been strong here. He finished just outside the top 10 last year, but uh, he, he can be a good contender for the win as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. What I'm most ready to see is the, the TV ratings. So far this season, a lot of NASCAR ratings is down across the board in terms of viewership. Uh, let me pull up real quick. So this race compared to last season, Richmond, last year it was run on Fox. This year they ran it on Fox Sports 1. So there's a big drop already going to be there going from a primetime network to Fox Sports 1. It was down almost 42% viewership compared to last year, but that is comparing it to the the audience you would have on Fox itself. Now, compared to the first Sunday race run on Fox Sports 1, and this is coming from Austin Konetsky, uh, it was just down 12%. But, you know, 
just looking across it, and these are all stats coming from him. The Clash viewership was down almost 15%. Daytona 500, almost 8. Auto Club, a little over 5%. Las Vegas, 12%. Phoenix, 15. Atlanta, 14.5. Coda, 16. So viewership is down across the board, and, and I'm not ready to push the panic button just yet because viewership is down not only for NASCAR, but for a lot of sports. The only sport I've seen here recently that has seen a big jump in their viewership was the, the NCAA women's basketball championship game from March madness between Iowa and LSU, even the men's title game, it hit record lows. Uh, their, their viewership was down uh, 15% in their ratings. Uh, going back to NASCAR stats at the circuit of the Americas, you know, while that viewership was down 16% from last year, and all these other races are, are down from last year. All these races, they are still, you know, beating other sports. They're still one of the top watch sporting events of the weekend outside of the basketball tournament. So it is a good chance we will see with March Madness over, we could see viewership up again for the Bristol Dirt Race this week compared to the season so far. But as I said, not ready to push that panic button yet. Compared to other sports, we are NASCAR still in a good spot. Still getting some solid viewership compared to others, so I wouldn't worry too much of what this would do to the to the next TV deal. I think we're still going to see a huge TV deal. I think you know streaming rights are going to be a big part of it, and I think that will help. I, th this to me is just showing more and more that streaming is going to be the way to go. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. I, I'm I'm really interested to see next Tuesday see how these viewership numbers come out. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, thank you for joining me and listening along. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from, whether it's Apple, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. We're, we're on several different platforms. Be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. You can also follow the links below to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, and, and be sure to hit the subscribe button there so you know when our new videos drop. And be sure to head over to huntharvest.com. Let them know we sent you. Go check out their awesome selection uh, of hunting apparel and, and uh, the performance polos, the mystery box. They have several great items in their stock right now. So we will meet back same time next week. Go over all the action from Bristol Dirt, and I will see y'all then.